Hello, everyone. Welcome to Preach the Word podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I am your host. Today's episode is a sermon that was brought to us by Pastor Shad McDonald on February 12th of 2023. The scripture reading comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 84, beginning in verse 1. The sermon is titled, I'll Take the Road I Know. If you would like to stay up to date with the most recent episodes of the podcast, please subscribe. You can also share an episode with friends or with family by tapping the share button. And if you would like to contact us, you can do so by emailing us at preachthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Listen as Pastor McDonald preached to us about I'll Take the Road I Know. Thank you for listening. Psalm 84. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts! My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found an house, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them. Who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. If the Lord will stand by me, I want to title this message, I'll Take the Road I Know. In this psalm, the psalmist shows his affection, his appreciation, and his anticipation of going up to the house of God. We don't know the reason why. We don't know. We don't know the mindset of the writer, be it David, as some assume. But nevertheless, his heart and his mind is turned toward the house of God. This is one of those psalms that they would reference when they would go up to Zion for their feast of worship. When they would come collectively, when they would come from every region, every province, all throughout the land, and they would come up to this time of worship, to these feasts of the tabernacle. And they would sing these songs. And to the son of songs, he writes this 
to the sons of Korah. He writes this, and this is what they would say. And they would say how amiable, literally how loved, how loved are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. Notice the dwelling place that was in the shelter of God. They felt that to come to Zion would be to come to a shelter, to come to a place of refuge, to come to a tabernacle, to come to a place that they could find safety, that they could come together and they could worship God. Uh, I think that my heart has been turned. My heart has been turned to this psalm because of the number of services that we were away, and I felt like that if I could ever get back to Landmark, if I could ever get back to church, and and I conversed with some of the young men, and and they said with one voice, it's good to go to church somewhere else. And Brother Ashton mentioned this so well this morning. You know, you can enjoy the presence of the Lord at other places, but there's nothing like being at your home church. There, there's nothing like being at your home church. And, and that's the way David felt, if it were David that wrote this psalm. That's the way he felt about coming up to Zion. I think about those years that he spent as an exile when Saul pursued him. Those years when he was a refugee, when it seemed like that he was sought for. And Saul would have his head and he would never again be able to go up to that beloved place and worship there but nevertheless God was his protector and God was his provider and it did wonderful that even in those times when we cannot come our heart is toward the things of God even in those times when we are distant we are not away can you understand what I'm saying we may be distant but we're not away our heart is in the house of God our heart is in in that place of worship when it's church time if I cannot be here in my heart I'm there and that's the way the psalmist felt that dwelling in the shelter of God and he said how lovely are thy tabernacles you see our love exalts the Lord of the sanctuary in verse 1 he references him as Lord of host and it cannot be said any better than what brother ashton referenced this morning when he pointed out to us that our focal and foremost and first reason for coming is not to see one another but our purpose is to see him and that's why the psalmist writes this lord i come to see you you are the lord of host you are lord of host now by the idea of host meaning a force meaning an army collectively corporately a group of people but the lord we serve he's lord of host he is the lord of host he's lord of everything he's lord of host amen and we come to his presence and we love him i love you i love your fellowship I love that sense of camaraderie that we have. I like the good sense of unity that we have here at this church. But the thing that really holds us together is not our love for one another. It's our love for Him. 
It's our love for him. And that's what that psalmist has. That sense of, of love to be at the house of God. You know, there are so many things I, I love about I love about church. I, I, I love church in the fact that for me, I, I feel that my soul is fed and I am strengthened. I made reference recently over at Van Cleve. Brother Alexander <clears throat> called and asked me to come over to Van Cleve and we went and visited. And um, I had just that very day come upon a read by a guy named Tim Keller, and I do not recommend it. If you come across the book, throw it in the trash and save somebody the grief. Mr. Keller is a Presbyterian, and he is a noted voice in America today, as being one of the great noted speakers of Christianity. And being a Presbyterian as he is, um, he is a hyper-Calvinist, he's Reformed theology, he believes that a certain number of people will be elected to salvation. And then if you're not elected to salvation, you just don't have a chance. I refute that. Because I believe it's a whosoever gospel. Amen. And I won't go through it. Really not interested to, but I will not enumerate. But he, he gave seven failures of the modern church. And he was speaking collectively to the church at large. And, and he said, this is where the church has failed. I, I probably will never have occasion to meet Mr. Keller. I probably will never have occasion to have a conference with him. But I tell you what, I got my gun loaded for him in the fact that I got plenty of things to say to Mr. Keller of where his church may have failed, but my church has not failed. Because you see, my church, meaning our church, is part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And Presbyterianism may have failed him. Amen. His ecclesiastic ideas may have failed him. His ideas may have failed him amen but the church that I'm a part of has not failed me I love the church I'm glad to be part of the church I'm glad for the goodness of God that put me in the church amen you see when you when you come to the false idea that the church is to be a social gospel and the church is only to satisfy the physical needs of humanity first and then deal with their spiritual needs, that's completely wrong. It's not the church's responsibility to feed the hungry nor medicate the sick. The first and foremost, amen, purpose of the church is to preach the gospel. Come on here now. That's right. And neither is it the idea of the church that we must tweak and we must adapt the gospel to satisfy the wants and whims of the world. Come on here now. The message doesn't change. Come on here now. The means doesn't change. The method does not change. Let, let me tell you what is right with the church. Here's some good things about the church. In spite of what Mr. Keller said. I love the church because it was at church I got convicted. 
Amen. Old time conviction. I was young. Amen. Had never yet got, and still to this day, never been jailed up. Amen. Come on now. Never got hauled in. I wasn't some great sinner. But when I was just a wee boy at 12th and 16th in Meridian, Mississippi, my dad was a preaching that morning. Amen. And Holy Ghost conviction fell on me. And God anointed that preacher so that I felt like if I didn't go pray right then, I'd die and go to hell. Conviction fell on my heart. Come on here now. Conviction fell on my heart. Glory to God. And here's why I love the church. Not only because conviction fell on my heart, but I got converted. Oh, hallelujah. I got converted. That's what makes church wonderful. At church, I got converted. At church, I got born again. At church, I got saved. I'll tell you something else that happened to me at church. At church... I got consecrated. I got completely sanctified. Now you can get that too. Do you know you can get to a place where that old root of carnality can get pulled up out of your heart and you can completely die out to the world? What are you trying to say, Brother Shad? A work of sanctification will take the want to out of your heart for the world. Now, I believe that that begins at salvation. But I believe that as we grow and as we mature, amen, in God, and the closer we get to God, the further we are from those things of this world. At church, I got completely consecrated. I got completely sanctified. Now, I believe you can get that way. I believe you can get so sanctified that you will not have a desire to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Come on here now. I'm not infallible. Neither are you. I'm subject to fall. As long as I'm in these boots, I may fail. Oh, but in my heart, I want to please him. That's what I'm preaching to you. In my heart, I want to do right. Church is wonderful because at church, I got convicted. At church, I got converted. At church, I got consecrated. At church, I got baptized with the comforter. At church, I got full of the Holy Ghost. And I want to tell you, that's what we need again is another baptism. We need to come to church and get full of the power of God over again. I'm preaching on I love church I love church can you say amen no notice the love for the Lord in the sanctuary and then his longing expectation for the living sovereign he said my heart longeth notice these terms of endearment and these words of emotion. My, my soul longeth, even fainteth. My heart and flesh crieth out for the living God. What that simply means is this. This man wanted more 
than anything else to be in the presence of the Lord. Very often in life, if we're not careful, we can become so encumbered and so entangled and ultimately entrapped with trivial things. And we're caught up with the unnecessary and things that are totally needless that we fail in the most necessary things. Remember our Lord in his rebuke to Martha? He said, Thou art troubled, and you're cumbered about many things. But Mary, your sister Mary, hath chosen the good part, that one needful thing that shall not be taken away from her. Could I somehow perhaps stir within you? Could I somehow another conjure up within your heart a renewed affection, a new desire, reawaken that affinity, somehow another bestir you in your anticipation? I want to get to church, and when I get to church, I'm going to get in the presence of God. When I get to church, I'm going to get in the presence of God. There are a lot of things that the devil would like to use to distract and somehow detach us from the presence of God. But what matters most in your daily walk and in your commitment is come to church. And when you come to church, have church. Come on here now. Dwelling in the shelter of God. Verses 1 through 4, let's break it down. Verses 5 through 9, drawing, drawing on the strength of God. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them. Stay on that for a moment. In whose heart are the ways of them. Uh. How, how can I best describe that? How, how can I best? How can I make that clear? There's things I know. And I know because I know in my heart are the ways of them. The psalmist desires to go up to the house of God. And he goes from strength to strength. His confidence, his trust, his reliance is upon God. He don't need a road map. He don't need a tour guide. He don't know. He don't need someone to point him the way. It's in his heart. He knows how to get there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, I took Kathy to Shady Grove Baptist Church years ago. I think she told me it had been 20 years, 20 years since she had been there. 20 years. 20 years plus since she had been to that cemetery where her dad was laid to rest when she was not quite six years old. <laughs> 
and it had been 20 years since she had been. And I said to her, I said, well, we need to find a register. Will we need to try to get a layout of the cemetery to find where your dad's marker is? She said, I know where it's at. I sat at the truck. I wanted her to have her space. And I watched my precious wife as she left that truck and took a journey she had not made in 20 years. And she went to the farthest corner of that cemetery. She walked straight to where Mr. Levi lays in rest. She knew it in her heart. Come on here now. Help me preach for a while. These things I know because it's in my heart. Come on here now. Let me, let me just tell you what I know. I know in my heart that holiness is right. And if I'm going to go up before God, I'm going to have to take the road I know. <laughs> Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Let me get my feet set because I got to preach to you for a while. I'm preaching on, amen, I want to get to where God is. Amen. Who shall stand in the holy place and who's going to ascend to the hill of the Lord? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Somebody wants to get in the presence of God. Somebody, amen, wants to get up where God is. How am I going to get there? It's in my heart. Amen. The way is in my heart and holiness is the way have I got a church out of shout amen I'll take the road I know now there's a lot of compromising going on and there's a lot of letting up going on and sometimes we mark success because we see people going with others in a certain way. That's where the crowd's at. Friend, it's foolish to follow the crowd. I'm back to where I started. I'll take the road I know. Amen. In my heart are the ways of them. Strength to strength. God, amen, that gives me what I need. The provender, the protection, amen, to make it. And it's in my heart. Now come here. It doesn't matter what woman that speaks in tongues, that chops her hair, and dyes her hair, and paints her face, and puts jewels on her hands, that does not mean that she's got the Holy Ghost just because she jabbers in some tongue. I'll take the road I know. Come on here now. And in this day of loose living and letting up, amen, I've never seen a day of where people get so caught up in emotion. They get so caught up, amen, in some stir. And they think, ah, that's the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you how you know if it's the real Holy Ghost. Amen. Will it take the dye out of your hair and the makeup off your face? Amen. Will it put the TV out in the trash? Come on here now. Amen. Will it clean up your thought life? Will it clean up your mouth? Anybody going to help me all I preach? I'm saying wholeness is still right. I'll take the road I know. In some of the churches that I've preached at in years past, I can't go back now. 
Because sitting around there's a bunch of old blue-haired saints. All painted up, decked out. Looked like the world. Compromised. Let up. Changed the standard to accommodate the crowd. I think I'll take the road I know. So here we are. What road you been on lately? What path you been running down lately? What you been listening to lately? What you been looking at lately? What you been doing lately? Somebody ought to shout amen to the holiness preacher. Fact of the matter is, it's this. When I stand before God, I'm going to stand with clean hands. Because I didn't compromise for nobody. Now, if God will help me keep my sane mind, I'm not going to be that preacher that let up. I'll take the road I know. I'll take the road I know. Let me tell you about the road I know. The road I know is didn't take me to the rodeo. Come on here now. The road I know didn't take me to the ball game. The road I know didn't take me to the bowling alley. The road I know didn't take me to the skating rink. The road I know kept me away from the homecoming football game. When the homecoming maid said, Shad, I want you to be my escort. And I looked at Jill. And I thought about Jill, a man whose dad pastored the big Baptist church in Moss Point. And I thought about her and that homecoming court. And I thought about that big stadium. Amen. Down there on Dantzler. Amen. Full of people. And I said, yeah, that's what I want. Amen. And, but before I told her yes, I remember going into that Sunday school room and getting down on my knees and I praying until the good Holy Ghost come. Amen. That Holy Ghost that I felt when I got up to testify. That Holy Ghost I felt the first time I got up and read out of a King James Bible and took a text and preached. Amen. And I had to tell Jill, no, you'll have to get somebody else. I'll take the road I know. I'm preaching on. Holiness is the better way. Holiness is the best way. And we're not going to compromise. We're not going to let up. We're not going to change the standard and that we're going up to the house of God we're going up to the presence of the Lord anybody want to go with me I said does anybody want to go with me oh hallelujah confidence in our heart guiding us my heart tells me this is the way There's been times I would have went astray if I had not listened to that voice of God guiding me. Consecration unto holiness, guarding us 
Where's that at, Brother Shad? Look again and see what the psalmist there said. He said, Behold, O God, our shield. In other words, look, look, O God, our shield, verse 9, and look upon the face of thine anointed. Do you get it? We are his anointed. He anoints us. The anointed there is consecrated, cleansed, consecrated, committed. He looks upon us. Look upon the face of that anointed. I'm guarded. I'm kept. He is my shield. He looks down upon us that are consecrated, that are committed to him. And I got his shield protecting me. Hallelujah. Brother Larry Daughtery told about a dear lady that her husband had passed and time went on. She at times was quite fearful and a bit anxious about staying at night by herself. And Brother Larry said that she just got completely consumed with the fact that uh, somebody was going to break in on her. She just knew it was going to happen. Kind of like that one guy. Y'all don't let me forget where I'm at. I like that one guy that burglar come in and the husband said to the wife to the burglar as the wife was a screaming he said come on in my wife's been expecting you for years <laughs> nevertheless this dear old lady she she was just quite sure you know somebody was going to break in on her and she had committed to her memory that verse in psalm 91 that said that uh, he shall protect you and under his wings Thou shalt come to trust, and he will cover you with his feathers. And she said, sure enough, one night, just like she thought it was going to happen, somebody broke in. She said, when I heard that door handle turn, and I looked, and a man stepped in my bedroom, she said, I lost all sense of reason. And she said, I jumped straight up in bed and started flapping my arms, screaming, feathers, 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 feathers. <laughs> he said... That dear sister said, when I come to myself, she said every door in the house was wide open. <laughs> he had run out of there. Well, he'll take care of you, won't he, saints? <laughs> I need to find somewhere to land. In this psalm, there is dwelling in the shelter of God, drawing on the strength of God, and then verses 10 through 12, delighting in the service of God. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. When you get to God's house, time takes on a new dimension. Amen. 
Time takes on a new dimension. When you get here, one day here is better than a thousand. Do you understand that this is the best time of the week we have? For what you're going to face tomorrow, for what you're going to have to endure next week, this is where we get all the help we need. I mean, here is another dimension. It's not that you can't be in the presence of the Lord at home. Of course you can. You need that prayer time. But there's something about us coming collectively and corporately as a congregation to worship together. It puts us in a it puts us in a different world. <laughs> oh hallelujah. Oh Holy Ghost, make me a prophet. Why these things I've seen here. These things that I've seen in the house of God that took me way down the road. Brought me up to a different level. Gave me a new perspective. I got just a little bit higher. Hey man. And somehow or another. I was like Ezekiel. And the spirit of the Lord. Carried me away. Something about. When you get in the presence of the Lord. You're in a different dimension. You're somewhere else. About like brother Charles Barnett. 44 years old. Fell over with a heart attack. And wondered he didn't die. Nothing short of a miracle. But over in Oklahoma, there was a man praying. And the Holy Ghost got on him and took him out somewhere way yonder in the spirit. And the next time he saw Brother Charles, L.D. Moore walked up to Charles Barnett and said, I heard you had a heart attack, Charles. He said, don't worry about it. He said, I see you years and years and years and years down the road still preaching. Brother L.D. was 80 plus when he went on to glory. But Brother Charles passed away this past year 40 plus years after that heart attack I'm talking about when you get in the presence of God it praises you to a different dimension and one day in his presence is better than a thousand ought to get lost in the presence of the Holy Ghost I'd like to get out of here I'd like for the Lord to take me to a different dimension Time takes on a new dimension. Task take on a new distinction. And the psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Friend, that is a noble task. That is a necessary task to keep the door of the house of God. What do you say? Let's keep it open to the lost. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. There's something wonderful. There's something great. That affection, that affinity, that anticipation. 
of longing for the house of God. So irregardless of how you interpret the, the psalm, if you want to look at it literally, uh, if you want to look at it figuratively, perhaps as some commentators advise me, you want to look at it prophetically, amen, that thousand there, that millennium there, amen, that thousand year reign, glory to God, it'll be good to get there, won't it? Amen, to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We're marching to Zion. Hallelujah. And we're like the psalmist in Psalm 126. Amen. And those psalms of ascent start in Psalm 121. And they go to Psalm 134. And this is what they sing when they go up to Zion. The repatriated Jew, the refugee and the exile is coming out of captivity. And he's going back to the homeland. And when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. We're going back home. We're going to the motherland. We're going back home. And my friend, that is the hope of the church. We're going home. Day man, don't drive your tent pegs too deep. We're about to get out of here. We're going up to Zion. We're going to the house of God. We're going to the eternal kingdom. I say, get ready, church. Get, get, get ready. We're going to Zion. Stand with me all over the house. Lord, I thank you for what we've come to know. I thank you for what we've been blessed to feel. Help us, Lord, to find that plain path, that true way, that way of holiness that will lead us to Zion. Hallelujah. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. There are many paths through this world of sin, but there's only one I shall travel in. Tis the old crossroad or the way called straight. There's just one way to the pearly gate. Mm -hmm. I'll take the road I know. I don't care what church compromises. I don't care who lets up. I had somebody tell me I couldn't preach it. I told them I don't work for you. They said I couldn't do it. I made a liar out of them. I'm gonna preach holiness for the hair lips of the devil. God told me that he'd always give me a pulpit and he'd pay my every bill. And he ain't never let me down. And everybody in this building knows what it's gonna take to make it. Everybody in this room knows what it's gonna take. wonder who would be the first you need to recommit
reconsecrate. Simply say, Brother Shad, I'll take the road I know. God bless you. 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 I just want to please the Lord. Be